someone told me the other day, oh, you've got to be careful. If I needed to be careful, I'll go and get a job. You don't learn nothing when everything's just smooth. You don't learn anything, you're just winning. I've seen people try to do what I've done and it's not worth them. You have to first, it comes from your head, your heart, your mind. Sometimes I think it's not even the gurus that are the problems, it's the listeners that are the problems. How can somebody tell you you're gonna become rich tomorrow by investing in property today and you believe that? Dr. Daniel Moses. Dr. Daniel Moses. Dr. Daniel Moses. A Forbes millionaire. A property investor. An author. A husband and a father. And he's on a mission to show you that being an entrepreneur isn't easy. Are you thinking about building your wealth? Are you thinking about where to start or not knowing where to start in your wealth creation journey? At Property Wealth Education, we teach people how to get started, how to build an empire, and how to invest passively and actively using property in your wealth creation. Month in, month out, week in, week out, we have curated courses that is available to you, free and paid and through our upgraded mentorship program, The Wealth Circle. So if you're thinking of building your wealth, we wanna invite you to click on a, a link below the show notes on this video uh, to book a call with us. We'd like to have a chat to help you start to build your wealth, build a legacy for yourself and your family. Hi everybody, today I am joined by Dr. Daniel Moses. Uh, how are you today, Daniel? I'm so fired up, Sam. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I'm looking forward to having a great conversation. Well, I'm very, very grateful for you to, to come and join us because uh, you and I, we go back nearly five years. Yeah. And um, I feel like I met you at the earlier parts of your property journey. Very early part. <laughs> and you've got one of the more fascinating um, backstories, yeah. um, I think, from, from a lot of the people that I come and go with and, and from my network. Um, if you, you started out as an Uber driver from the days that we met. Um, and since you've progressed doing multiple HMOs, a rent-to-rent business, um, a, a training academy, uh, and much, much more, um, it's a pleasure to have you with us. And I want to dive into a whole bunch of stuff. And yeah. we've been talking a little bit just beforehand about a few yeah. things that I didn't even intend to talk about, but we'll certainly touch upon those topics. Yeah. But before all of that, I mean, people are going to want to know about that transition from um, being an Uber driver to, to what you've been able to achieve since and in a relatively short space of time. Mm. But more importantly for me as well, I'm always, I tell everybody I'm into social sciences and psychology and sociology and anthropology and, and, and history. And I like to see the timeline and what triggers people and what makes people get to, to where they get to from wherever they come from. But where was Daniel's mindset when he was at school? What sort of person was Daniel at school? Were you academic? Were you studious? Were you rebellious? Um, did you, did you go to school in the UK? No, I am. I'm a first generation immigrant and uh, I have I've lived in this country now for just around 20 years. Uh, it all started from one day, just basically, you know, waking up from my bed whilst I was still in university and looking at the situation in Nigeria at that time and, you know, some own circumstances that I could have been probably killed or dead by now. And I said to myself, I've got to leave this country now. Uh, growing back, way back as, you know, while I was in the university, I was quite a very jovial guy, very interesting character and um, very decent. You know, one of the things about me is decency is, is something that I cherish to my heart and being humble is something that my mom really taught me how to do really well. 
So growing up way back in the university days, I literally sold anything sellable apart from guns and drugs. You know, I will be the guy who will sell your t-shirt, your shoes, your car, your air conditioned, your mobile <laughs> phone. I'll sell anything. And I became quite really known for that in, in, in the university. I was quite known for that. So automatically that makes a lot of women attracted to myself because I was, quite, I was also very good looking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I drove at least three to four cars back in those days in university. So, but however, I became quite, uh, you know, in a situation where I became, you know, a friend with, you know, different kind of people, different kind of, you know, groups in, you know, in the university. So which kind of put me at the level where I became at risk and, and, I, and I wanted to leave the country by all means. I use, normally use the word escape. I just wanted to leave. That was one part. And on the other part, growing up as a youth in Nigeria, even you go to school doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed a good job or a good life. Yeah. I've seen people who became doctors, medical doctors, and I've seen people who became scientists, you know, and all these different inventors literally just wallow away without not knowing what to do after they, you know, they went to school. So for me, I always wanted to be great because I was introduced to entrepreneurship in my life quite very young. At the age of 16, all the way through the days I was in university. So at that time, I decided to come to England and for visit. Came to this country, visited a few times, and then made a decision to stay. And, you know, the decision to stay was actually you know, um, enacted by my wife. So meeting my wife, you know, gave me the reason why I wanted to live in this country. So... Oh, you uh, met your wife here? Yeah, I met my wife here. So I met my wife here, you know, and, you know, meeting her just wanted me, you know, to stay. So after I met my wife, went through that journey. To be honest, massive, massive roller coaster. So imagine being in a country where you had no family relatives like that. You know, there was no friends, there was nobody. So every every person that I know today that I call, some of them, my brother, my sister, they're not literally my brothers and my sister or cousins or aunties or uncles. These are people that I met. Friendship leads me to calling them yeah. those names or them calling me the same name. And I think relationship for me has always been the key. So, I, and, I'm, I, and I've always know how to maintain long-term relationship. Just look at me and you today. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. So for that, and that's exactly the inception of my of, of, of how I got to where I am. So I came to this country, um, did all different types of linear jobs. Then I started to, you know, export things back to Nigeria. I started to, you know, take clothes over to Nigeria. And uh, 2012, literally got fed up of just living that kind of lifestyle where I'm just selling things. And I don't even know where I'm going. So you were taking goods from here back to Nigeria yeah, to sell was, them. They were kind of unique, kind yeah, of trendy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I will buy cars, you know. Cars? I'll buy cars here. I'll break them into spare parts, all right, and ship them over to Nigeria. Wow, okay. And before actually doing that, there was a lot of other sort of, you know, very, very interesting beginning. I don't really want to go into that now. Um, because I am trying to stay at the adapted mindset that I have now. You know, yes, I know sometimes going back to the challenge that you've been through life, I think I've told that story a thousand and one times, so I just don't want to talk about all of that. But um, at the end of the day, those pains, those struggles that I went through put me in the position that I am in. So I'll break cars, I'll ship things, I'll anything at all, I'll ship you over to Nigeria to sell. And around about 2012, I kind of got tired of doing all of that. I wanted something better, something more, because I've been married, I've got kids now. And um, eventually, I remember, you know, making up my mind after having a very interesting conversation with a very good friend who had visited, you know, the UK at that time and said, you know, why don't you come back to Nigeria? We can, we can hook you up with a few one or two people back home in Nigeria. You can go into oil and gas. 
So the small money I had, I went back home to set up an oil and gas business. So remember, I've always been an entrepreneur all the way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now got to Nigeria, I started oil and gas business. You know, within the very first two years, I was doing really well. Then come 2005, you know, my truck with petroleum products, moving petroleum products from the depot to the petrol petro stations where they would be sold, two of them running into each other and literally bursting into flames into the valley. The luck I had that nobody died. However, this was my money. Some of the investments, there were some, some little, not like 80% of the money was my money. And all of a sudden now, I've lost over 150,000 pounds in a twinkle of an eye. Literally up in flames. Up in flames, you know, and I'm like, oh my days, what a blood is going on here? So it's, it's almost like at that point in my life, I took a flashback and I'm like, hold on a minute. I went to university all the way from 1999, 2000, all the way to 2004 when I graduated. It seems to be nothing is working in my life. My life seems to be, you know, it seems to be miserable, like nothing is working. I've been through so many challenges. Like I said, I didn't want to go into any of that today. So, and I'm like, what, are, what is going on here? And all I really realized was I started to go into depression. Okay. I started to go into depression. I started to go into anxiety. I started to become very a sad person. And, uh, and the question was, what is bloody going on? And, and, and you already had like a wife and kids so you like you know you're a family man and you and you're in this space and you're supposed to be like the somebody to look up to but you're going through all this hardship and then like what is it that helped you what who did you turn to what did you turn to to help you out of it the point is i, I was going through all of these things and i was trying to share it to my wife but my wife didn't understand it so my wife's question was the same question what is going on i married you this was not what you promised me I married you, you said all these good things are gonna happen. You know, and it seems to be like we're, we're jumping from one fire to fire, one fire to fire. What 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 is going on? Yeah, yeah. You know, and I started to also feel like I've let her down. And at that point, our marriage started to really suffer. You know, where you know it was like we're living in a house, but we're not really living in the house. It's like, we have great relationship, but it's like, at the same time, we're just trying to do that because of the kids. And we was going through all of that trauma. And I remember my anxiety level and depression level gets, it goes to a point where, for example, I was being, you know, I had to call NHS ambulance every, almost every other night. I had to call, you know, 999 every other night because I, I would have panic attacks, my heart would palpitate as if I was gonna die. And I went through that for whole, the whole of 2016, you know, and even up to early part of, or probably mid part of 2017, I'm going through all of that. But before I started going through that depression and I've given up and I'm not going to be an entrepreneur anymore. I just need to find something to do. And my wife like, okay, that's fine if you want to have, what are you going to do? But you never had a job before. And that's exactly how I go into delivery driving. So I went into right. driving at Yodel and driving with Amazon. And uh, a friend of mine called Kevin then said to me, how much are you really making as a delivery driver? Because they, they knew I was okay. Yeah. You know, and he said, I, I can introduce you to taxi. You make more money. You know, you, working as a delivery driver, I bet don't cover most of your costs because you're doing this full time. Because I was doing it full time. Right. You know, and uh, that's exactly how I got into Uber driver. 
So I ended up applying for the license, getting the license, started to drive for Uber. So whilst I was driving for Uber, to be honest, because I was not on the road for at least 12 hours, from 12 hours to 16 hours to 18 hours, Initially, when I started, it was about 12 hours, but later it became like 18 hours. And why would you, why, you just, because it was kind of addictive? I was going, like, you I was know, going through, I was going through depression. And this was I was going through so then. many things. I was, I was, I was going through a world where I'd rather be out than be home. You know, I'd rather be driving rather than be doing anything else. If you're making money at least, you, yeah, and you're working I, right I, around, right? At least I was making a good 3,000 pounds a month. Did you, uh, this is always a question that I have, because I think if I was doing that, and I always thought that if that was around 20 years ago or something, when I was at uni, I would have probably done something like that. Um, what did you listen to on the radio? Did you just have the radio on in the background? Did you have self-help things? But like, were you listening to something specifically or were you just in another world? Interesting, very interesting question. Whilst I was going through that, the only thing I knew at that time was listening to LBC. LBC, LBC the ladies' friends conversation. Literally, just <laughs> listen to LBC. You know, listen to LBC and maybe on a Friday, Choice FM. Then, you know, most times because of the kind of songs that I, I'm a soul jazzy guy. I listen to a lot of soul music and jazz music. Jazz FM. So every time I come into, you know, playing that all the time, you know, except the very matured, you know, passengers. Yeah. You know, most of them always look at what kind of weird guy are you? Like, who listens <laughs> to this kind of music at this time of the day? But that was me trying to just be in my own world. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm a very, till today, that's the kind of music I listen to. So, and so when people come in and they don't like that kind of music, I just put in the news because I don't want anybody to tell me, play this or play that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and no, I wasn't listening to any motivational LBC, stuff at all. though, as well, it's quite, um, it's kind of controversial. It's kind of like either left-wing leaning or right-wing, depending if you're listening to Nick Ferrari in the morning or James O'Brien. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, get, I got sucked into it for a good, good amount of time as well. It's good to know what's going on in the country and what the debates are around. <laughs> did you find that it was helpful or did you find it was just like something that was in the background because... For me, it you just, were in your own world. Still. I was on my, I was, on, I was, I was in my own world. But what, what that did for me was, I've been in this country for quite a long time. Mm. I never really understand the culture. Right. I never really understand what it means to be British. What it thinks. What it, what it is to live like a, you know, like a Briton and all these different yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, totally. LBC literally was just for me. It was more like me just understanding England. Like a crash course in the English cult exactly. British culture. <laughs> because remember, I've lived in this country for a while, and this is 2015. Literally, what eight years ago. You know, so I'm listening. I'm like, okay, you know, and to be honest, that's really interesting. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and before that, the only people I surrounded myself with was just people who were like me, you know, people who are from where I am, my local community, my local church. So it's sure. always just very Nigerian, very Nigerian, very African. That was it, you know. Until I literally go into property, I'll be very honest with this. Until I literally go into property, I never really had a a, a misculture, uh, you know. I never had a misrelationships in terms of. I was just sucked into it's this. It's very common though. Um, my my wife is uh, from around. I hope she doesn't mind me saying, but she she always she tells me herself. She watches standards to to be able to to like you know. So where, whichever country you come from, you can have this kind of stereotypical accent. Yeah. So she was like, I learned English accent from EastEnders, and also like a lot about English culture and the pub and this and that and yeah. the other <laughs> from watching EastEnders. I kind of like that was my crash course, and because. Similarly, for all her friends from uni, she kind of gravitated towards, you know, uh, like her own kind to a certain extent. Um, and after doing that, though, it was easier for her to kind of integrate and assimilate with other people as yeah. well because she felt like she can get on the, their level. So I, I can totally relate <laughs> with that. That's that's very cool that you uh, that you did that. So 
what made you go from like 18 hours a day in the car listening to Jazz FM and LBC <laughs> to thinking there's got to be more to life than this? You know, this is one Not of... Not that that's bad, by the way, but you, yeah. you, something was going on in, in you that you, you felt there was something more going on. So Absolutely. What, how did that happen? I think when I quitted my life as an entrepreneur and I gave up everything, because for me, to the point where I started to drive Uber, because I was already making, I was making decent amount of money, but for me, I, it's spirituality that changed everything for me. Really? So spirituality means I just started to question God. Like, God, is this what you want for me? And I kept praying. I just pray and I pray and I pray. And I remember there was this particular day I was coming from Stansted Airport and uh, I just dropped someone off early hours of the morning, if I'm right. It was quite early in the morning. It was a very early ride. And uh, I had worked from 5 a.m. So I had worked from 4, 4 p.m. the previous day. So worked into the next day. So it was an early ride. Uh, from somewhere in South London all the way to Stansted and on my way coming back from the airport I didn't queue up but I was just gonna want to go back to the city because I've got to be back home to drop my kids off in school in the morning then have a few hours sleep I remember falling asleep on the steering wheel on my way back and the next thing I can hear in my it's like you know you just doze off for a minute and it's like wake up and I woke up and when I woke up from that shock, I was my, my car was already heading towards the hatch of oh, the lane wow. and everything, you know. But the good thing was I'm not I don't really speed, uh, you know, like that. So that was a good thing, you know. And I, I wasn't speeding. I was about to crash, and I woke up, and I was like, oh, "What else?" And the next thing, the same thing that told me to wake up told me you need a nap. Just going to the finding their service point and to have a nap so i remember parking in the petrol station having a nap i think i can't remember how long was that nap i was in that nap it's more it was more like when that happened i started to crave myself so i could have yeah yeah you know this you know that's this, a near-death experience and you got kids you know, and all that it, it's like that's, that's it not. was it was quite it was quite hard and um i remember sleeping and 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 in that sleep i was just dreaming and in that dream, I saw myself in a seminar and I saw myself, you know, doing what I do today. And I woke up, I was about to open my Uber app so I can just see if I get anything else to take me down to London because I was set my destination to bring me back home. And something says to me, check Facebook and just see what's happening on Facebook. I opened my Facebook app and I was just crawling through and then something just pops in my face how to get started in property with no money and all of this, you know, the guy's just talking da, 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 and he's inviting me to, he's inviting people to come to an event in central London. So I remember clicking the link and it was a 70 pound networking event in central London. After all, we met in a networking event. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, and I clicked that form and I filled my details in, I paid 70 pounds which is expensive for a networking event. Yeah. Usually like 20, 30 quid, isn't it? Yeah. So imagine that. I Well, at that time, I mean, depending on the kind of events that I don't, I don't want to go cheap events these days because I want to be the kind yeah, of people yeah, I'm yeah, looking yeah, for, yeah. right? <laughs> so anyway, 70 pound event, paid for that event, went to central London, Trafalgar Square. Really lovely environment. Go into the room and everyone is talking, and the guy, a lot of people are talking about property, all these different things. I was like, okay, 
what, 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 what am I even doing here? You know, like you get into a room and you're asking yourself, this is not for you. And you're asking yourself, why, 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 why? Yeah, yeah. You just waste. So for me, I, I started to have that guilt of. Oh, you start feeling out of place a little yes. bit? Like, why am I here? First of all, I was the only black man in that room. Okay. All right. I was the only black individual in that room. So for me, I'm still this guy who is, I'm in this seminar, you know, I'm still in my African mindset in terms yeah, of, oh, yeah. I've never really pushed myself out to be in a place where I'm quite in a diverse community and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh my, that's okay. What am I gonna, yeah, I'm an Uber driver. I speak to a lot of white, black, yellow, red, any kind of person. But being at that level where, you know, you feel like everyone, everyone is all suited and looking clean and nice. <laughs> and you're feeling like, honestly, like I'm really feeling awkward. I managed to stay to the end. And in the end of that presentation, the guy spoke about having a three-day mastermind three and a half thousand pounds i'm like mm, okay i went to him spoke to him i said i don't have the money but can you allow me pay you know instrumentally and that was what gave birth to the person i am today no way do you, do you remember who that person was? Like, is that person still around today? Is of course. Well, they don't do coaching anymore. But obviously, after that, I've gone ahead to, you know, having mentors from there. Right. From that training event, my next training event that I went to was Carl Hutchins. Okay. And my journey began with Carl Hutchins, from Carl Hutchins to Kevin Green, from Kevin Green uh, to my business coach, Adam Stoll, from, from, from my business coach, Adam Stoll, to Grant Cordon. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And it's just been rapidly like, like, like that. It's important, I think, to 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 emulate or to at least to you're the average of the five people you spend most time with. Yeah. If you hang out with five millionaires, you chances become... are you're going to be the next one. Yeah. So I, I I totally believe in all that, and it is a fascinating story to see uh, where you've come from, and and the, I mean, two you know containers full of petrol colliding, <laughs> some kind of serious explosion, um, to have some massive change. Uh, in your life and, and you know, over thousands of miles from one continent to the, to the other and suddenly you're in a property event feeling out of place but you're kind of almost just leading by instinct thinking there's there's something here let me just try it out let me keep going let me let me see one more thing let me let me have a little bit of faith and and all of that faith in yourself and that belief that you, there's something else and, and other people it's led you down you know because some people like they go and they, they, they try these things and they come away going, mm, I feel like I got ripped off. And then they make a Facebook group about it and this, that, and the other. Whereas you've gone the other way, which a lot of other people do as well. And I've seen some really, really fantastic success stories off the back of these uh, these education businesses, et cetera, and training. Um, and I've gone on to do some wonderful things, which we're about to talk about. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So... Um, what was it about property specifically? Was it just the fact that you turned it on at Facebook and and it basically, there was a guy, you almost said, like inviting me onto that thing. Was, it, was that the reason? If it was Forex, would you think you would have gone down that route or why well, property? What well, to, to, to be honest, why property? You know, the fact was that myself and my wife, we bought our first family home in 2006. And to be honest, I wish I know in 2006, you can become wealthy in property. I would have bought hundreds of them. 
Yeah, yeah, that's still always the classic, isn't it? Everybody. Yeah, I wish that. I just knew how to do what I know now. Two thousand and six, I would just, I would have just gone crazy to have hundreds of them, where my generations and generations and generations to come would yeah, never yeah. ever have to worry about money. You see, the worry of money is the worst thing anyone can ever have in life. Just being worried about money. It's stressful, right? It's stressful to be, it's stressful, it's, a, it's painful not to have money. See, I've come to the, I've come to, you know, tell myself these days, right? That I'm try. I'm gonna not be political anymore because I've tried to kind of control how I speak and stuff like that. But the fact is people say, oh, money doesn't make you happy. Are you serious? If I didn't have money, will I be able to get on a train or drive my car to come on this podcast? The pain of knowing you could be somewhere and not having the money to pay for it. You can, can you imagine that? Do you know how many people's life could be changed but because they didn't have the money to pay for their train ticket? 100%. So for me, property gives you that security. It's non-volatile depending on the angle you're looking at it from. Right? Right now, we're, we hear about ChatGPT, we hear about all these different, you know, you know, tech taking over the globe. The fact is, we're still going to need somewhere to live. Yes, we, you have co-working spaces. Very soon, people are going to work more in co-working spaces rather than having office buildings, right? Yeah, yeah. But one fact still remains, if you travel from here to Miami, you're going to need a hotel to live in for a week two days three days whatever the number of days is you're gonna need somewhere to live in it's a human need right it's shelter you can't it's like food yeah yeah it's yeah. always gonna be a demand for it it's just how do you how do you deliver the product exactly might change a little bit but the essence is still the same if you if you look at statistics statistics has shown to us that over thousand 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 years land value always go up so look at where we are now in this in this part of stratford Many years ago, this was a complete industrial area. Yeah, mate, honestly. So imagine if you bought this property many years before it was regenerated. So at the time where the industri- regeneration took place, so imagine that impact of financial profit that could come to you and your family. So over, the, over time, real estate, regardless of, the, regardless of recession, regardless of interest rates, one thing I, 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 I have come to really learn is to understand one simple fact. Regardless of what asset is saying or not, property or land banking, for example. So just understand that over time, regardless of what the market is saying, over time, it will always correct itself. So for me, that was exactly what I found out. And once I found that out, I'm like, okay, I'm (laughs) sitting there. I'm going to do whatever I can just to kind of understand how to leverage around it and to just keep restructuring, leveraging, restructuring, leveraging. And it gets to a place where you now want to maybe reduce your debt if you want to you know imagine owning a portfolio of 100 million pounds and your debt is only 50 percent you're doing good business here's a, a concept that you mentioned the name grant cardone yeah. now i um i followed grant cardone quite a lot actually um sometimes i don't like to admit it out in public but here i am doing it but i mean look i i i actually i read a lot of his books i think i've read them all actually um i i I do actually resonate with a lot of his messaging. Yeah. Sometimes even Gary Vee, like sometimes it's very Americanized way of kind of delivering the message maybe as well that grinds on me a little bit. 
But overall, um, there is a lot of things that I tend to agree with the way that he thinks. And he's all about entrepreneurialism and all about, um, uh, he, like, he's a big believer that wealth and money, especially, is your duty, he calls it, right? So if you can so do it, yeah. Success is your duty. Exactly. If you can do it, then you absolutely should fulfill your potential and do it. And it's your duty and you're letting everybody down if you don't do it. I kind of resonate with that and I, I kind of feel that because you were creating a business, you couldn't create any, um, trade and, and, and jobs and, and wealth for, for other people through, through being able to do what you do. So I, there's lots of stuff. There's one controversial one, which I happen to agree with him about, but every time I've mentioned it at a dinner party, I always get people like looking at me funny. And that is that you should not buy your own home to live in. You should um, you should live you should uh, rent where you live and buy where other people can afford to rent. On that particular one, what's your take? Do you agree? Disagree? I don't own where I live. Right. I'm renting where I live. Me too. Um, my rent is just significantly okay, um, but I own multiple houses. So it's not like you don't buy houses. I buy houses that pays me income to pay my rent, pay my living, rather than to own my house. But if he's done correctly, so Grand Condon now owns a house. But when he first started, that was the concept. So what he meant is, when people think about going into property right now, the first thing they do is buy their own home. And most time, nine out of 10 people, when you buy your first home, it's almost a struggle to buy the second one. Yeah. And most people sometimes don't even know how to buy the second one. Most people don't ever buy. A Most people one. don't ever buy a second one. Yeah, they buy one at a time. I mean, you bought one in two thousand five, two thousand six, right? Yeah, two thousand six. And, and you lived in it. I lived in it, and that was thirteen years, and that was it. So imagine, I knew how to buy where I live. Up to the year twenty nineteen, I knew how to buy where I live, and that was what I ever did. And we paid the mortgage. Yes. The property we bought it at 247 in 2006 and in 2019 was worth 430,000 pounds. But if I knew what I know now, what would have stopped me from buying 10 of them? Yeah, it's exactly. What would have stopped me from buying 10 in 2006? If I bought 10 properties in 2006 in the same street, in the same location, and in 2019, I didn't do nothing to it and it was worth 430. Okay, now let me tell you one more thing. In 2020, the same property that was worth 430 was now worth 720,000 pounds. Exactly. So imagine if I bought 10 of them in 2006, and by 2020, they were all worth 720. From three? From 2006. No, no, what was the price two, starting from? 247. 247 up to 730. Seven, 720. 720. That's nearly 450 grand or something. Something so like that. So times that by 10 equity. 4.5 million. It's just principles, right? So this is the thing, right? I decided to go and get myself an American mentor for a reason. Because in the UK here, no disrespect to anyone, where entrepreneurship is taught to be, play, is to be safe. But actually... Google, check entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is all about creativity. Entrepreneurship is about opportunity. Entrepreneurship is taking something that's not working and make it work. 
So when I went through my challenges as an Uber driver and I lost everything way back in 2015, it all makes sense to me now that I need to overcome those challenges to be the person that I am. So we need to start understanding some setting points in our lives that actually, you know, entrepreneurs is not, there is no such thing as playing safe as an entrepreneur, but there's such thing as playing smart. Someone told me the other day, oh, you've got to be careful. I said, if I needed to be careful, I'll go and get a job. <laughs> no, I, I mean I get that, I, I look, and, and I think the, the you know one of the famous I've got loads of quotes in my head constantly that I'm living my life principles. One of them is uh, the biggest risk uh, is, uh, of, of all is taking no risks. So if you want to avoid taking risks, you're actually taking the biggest risk in your life. Um, and and I live my life by that. I'm all about taking risks. But somebody else said about business quote as well um, is that. Uh, business is not about taking risks it's about minimizing risks so it's about investing smart yeah looking at I mean look at Elon Musk right yeah you heard this story right he created PayPal from PayPal he's had to launch SpaceX did you know how many times SpaceX actually failed before it became successful yeah it was on the I think it was on the fifth attempt so it launched it four times Right? Yeah, I think it's five, four to five. It was the fourth time. The fifth time it became a successful launch, right? Landed back correctly. Now he was able to develop a reusable rocket, right? Now from that, Tesla. From Tesla, he's looking to develop, name has escaped me now. He's looking to develop the fastest. um, um, The speed train. Speed train. Yeah, yeah, the uh, Hyperloop. Hyperloop. So he's looking to do that now. So look at Jeff Bezos. Look at Richard Branson. Look at all these different people. So I, I always say this, right? There are two. There's this. Not everyone is an entrepreneur. Most people are actually entrepreneur, but they call themselves entrepreneur. What is the difference between entrepreneur and entrepreneur? An entrepreneur is the risk taker that plays that that, that that takes the right risk, right? And also the entrepreneur is someone who basically should support the entrepreneur but because they're self-employed the entrepreneur they think oh i've got i can do all of these things now but they haven't got the risk appetite yeah so yeah, i'll give yeah. you an example of what i'm going to call a risk appetite in 2000 in 2019 having started my rent rent portfolio i built it all the way to 20, 2019 and i didn't have the money that i needed to start buying assets the first risk i took was to use the, the coaching, the messaging, the knowledge, everything I've learned from my mentors and basically moved out my residential home. Myself, my wife, and my two kids. My son is 15 now. My daughter is 12 years old. I've been married to my wife. This year will be 17 years. I've risked it all before. I've, the, thing about, the thing about entrepreneurs, sometimes when you lose everything and you lose everything, you lose everything, it becomes a point where it's normal because <laughs> if you've made it before, you made it again, you're going to make it again. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. just the truth. Uh, in order for you to win and survive or you know anything you want to become i think is important i say this all the time property alone is not enough to make you successful financially all right it's not just oh okay yeah i can buy one property or you can turn your own house today i've seen people try to do what i've done and it's not worth it 
you have to first, it comes from your head, your heart, your mind, or your mind, your heart, your head. These three components have to work together. You have to first visualize the success of the, of the you know, of what you're doing that's going to work. And you've got to work on your mindset. And I say this all the time as well. It's 90% mindset. It's 90% mindset. It's just 10% of the, you know, the, the rest of it. If your mind tells you you're going to win, you're going to win as long as you take the action. So for me, the fact was that I, I built up a mindset whilst I was then going through all this coaching, all this mentorship, you know, I became a networking, like a networking dog. Machine. A machine. <laughs> you know, I've kind of, you know, reduced it a little bit now because I'm, I'm in the scale phase of my business. So I'm really working hard on that phase, which is, which is another story as well. So for me, I had to show my wife. It's almost like there's a movie called um, 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 Die Hard, try, try Dying or something. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, 50 Cent. Oh, Get Rich or try, Die Trying. So, yeah. yeah. So it's almost, like, it's almost like I'm going to either survive and win regardless you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not quitting on this because the moment I discovered it and the question was, every time I think about it, it keeps taking me back to 2006. How come I didn't know this in 2006? How come I'm only not knowing this? Obviously, what was different? I did not invest in myself. I did not have mentors. I did not have the right environment. Yeah, yeah. You know, I did not have the right environment. I did not have people who I can actually show. So for me, I was able to show all of these things to my wife. And I was able to also tell her the fact that, listen, you've seen me fail a thousand and one times. Right? And there's something you must appreciate about me. Yes, I actually came to a point where I quitted in 2016. I haven't been through what I've been through in 2016. I quitted. But I think God is leading me right in the right way this time. God is leading me on this Everything's right kind of leading to this moment. Everything was just leading. That it was, was a it, teach, it's, it's old like, teaching. I would say you never lose. You only win or learn. Yeah, you. The, this is the this is the thing. You don't learn lessons when all everything's working for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you don't learn nothing when everything's just smooth and nothing is happening. You don't learn anything. You just you're just winning. So for me, God prepared me for this, and. It's not like my life isn't difficult today, but I choose to make it easy and it is easy. So I've sold that to my wife where, you know, over the years, she now totally, totally believe in me. But it was very, very, very hard for her. It took me over, if I'm right, between six to nine months to convince her. You know, at some point I would look at her. I'm like, why can't you just let me do this? And she was very risk reverse she was she became frustrated by it she became like why do you want to just destroy everything and i kept selling and i think one of the biggest strong strengths of where where that's come from now is that i learned to sell and i sold my wife i learned to sell and i sold my wife and last year april she's now resigned from her 25 years career as a corporate manager with Max and Spencer. So if she never if she never got sold or she never bought, probably she would still be working. There's nothing wrong anyway in working in the corporate industry, but there's something right working in an established business 
that you own. Oh, the family business. The family business. Now she has the she she has the most precious thing anybody will wish for, which I will you know that you know that we now have, which is time and freedom. Yeah. So we can wake up today, going to Dubai. We can wake up and go in, but we're not still doing that yet. You know, I'm still relax. We're gonna we're delaying everything. You know. I've only took I've only taken my family abroad in the last five years once. Yeah, yeah. We're delaying yeah, yeah. Delay everything. Delay gratification. Delay. We're delaying this gratification because that's what I've learned. You know, and it all starts with the mindset thing. I, and I completely agree with you. And I think um, one of the things that always kind of endears me about about your journey as well is that you are a family man. I see you kind of waking up early in the morning, going for runs, like healthy body, healthy mind. And then uh, you'll be in the car and then you'll be listening to the Grant Cardone or just any any kind of like somebody that's empowering you to think in a certain way, to achieve a certain thing. And I think all of this stuff in general, if you perceive it and, and interpret it and receive it in the right way, um, is very, very helpful. And not only to, to, the, to, to oneself, to, to the individual, but to those around you, whether it be your friend, friends, family, um, and and the wider community. So I think I, and, and it's quite interesting to see um, how couples work together because sometimes it doesn't work very well. And I've got uh, first-hand experience of that in my own <laughs> life, which I'll go into another time. But um, it, you know, but there's a whole lot of love there. So even win, lose, or draw, everything is good. But the fact that you've been able to make that work and kind of morph it into a family business, uh, I, I think it's. Um, I think it's very inspirational for a lot of people as well that that are in a situation and they want to to bring their whole family with them. And sometimes there's a bit of a mismatch on on what should be done, risk, I think, reward. Just to kind of quickly interject there, right? I think the biggest problem is always when it comes to man and woman, both of them are trying to lead. And the truth is, sometimes we all can't lead. One person has to lead. If two people are trying to lead, the ship is going to break. It's going to capsize. Two captains. Too, two many, captains. too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, too many cooks in the kitchen. It's not going to work. You know, I think one of the biggest problems with couples is the fact that the man is trying to lead, the woman is trying to lead. They're both trying to lead at the same time. Then come the kids as well trying to lead. Oh, dad, you can't tell me that because yeah. you're wrong. I'm right. So everyone is trying to lead because of the political correctness that exists in this part of the world. So for me, I've chosen... All right, to live in my own country, to live in my own economy, to build my own future. And regardless of what is around me, I'm focused on my goals. I'm focused on where I'm going to. I'm focused on where I'm trying to lead me to. So no, I'm not trying to lead. I'm not trying to be led by any other person. I'm trying to be led by my beliefs. I'm trying to be lead to, to lead with what I have seen in life. I've seen so many ups and downs. I'm 43 years old. I'm not young like that, you know, but I'm not old like that as well. But I have gone through my 20s, my 30s, you know, to not know the, you know, the difference between good and evil or the good difference between bad and good. Does that make sense? And I know the fact that when I was low, when I was down there, it was me. Nobody came to save me. So I'm the only one that came to save myself. So for me, at the end of the day, I think it's quite important for couples to really kind of unite together. One have to put one ego down. So if the woman is trying to be the leader and you're convinced in her leadership, let her lead. If the man is trying to be the leader and he says, you know, baby or honey or whatever it is, one person has to lead. The other one has to be a supporter, the supporting system. 12 months since my wife has been in the business now, I, I gradually 
I'm, I'm out of management and I'm out of operation gradually. And she helps out with all she, of that. I don't deal with, I don't oh, really? deal, I don't deal with management. I don't deal with operations at all. And she's being groomed into that, being groomed into that. So when we go into our scale phase, which we are now, so I'm, you know, for both of us, when we bring in the other qualified professionals to lead this business, it just goes to us where it needs to go. Because first of all, she understands operation, then she can get an operational manager and they can work online, you know, in and out. Uh, you know, I'm a CEO, you know, I'm a founder. I consistently associate myself with founders and I continually build up myself. So I think it's just very important for, as a family, as a union, when you're trying to build an empire, trying to build a family business, it's important for one person to lead. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, is it, um, and, and, and egos be left at the door and then, who has the strongest vision is that like of like i think it's this way uh, that may be the i mean we just moved into a new house the other day we we moved from a, a smaller house that we used to live into a, a larger family home five bed uh detached you know and i never ever went into the building or saw the house before we, we moved into it so we there we picked up the keys was the first day i saw the house you like i trust you got you got this covered you got that covered like you know when it comes to the money part of this let me deal with it yeah. so so we've both at now we know what our yeah. strengths are That's but perfect she thing. knows the vision the vision is she knows the kind of house i want to live in you know, when you come into my house, I've got a large office like this. She knows that that's what I wanted. Because way back, I used to drive into, when I was an Uber driver, myself and my wife would drive into this mansion, five beds. I said, I'm going to leave here one day. And she looked at me as an Uber driver. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and everything we have planned, we've manifested. Do you, um, this is the last question I ask you on couples and goals. But I think it's really, really important. I think it probably is. Or a bit of self-therapy because I go through this stuff as well. Um, but do you have like, um, do you do things together? Do you set goals together? Do you do you do any of that kind of annual stuff, or is it just quite? Is it been quite organic the way you've come together so far? I'm the goal setter. You're the goal. <laughs> I am the goal setter. So between me and my wife, um, now I'm still I'm I'm the goal setter. You know, I'm the I'm the guy with the vision. Um, I am obviously. The entrepreneur as well and um, i think for, for both of us now it's because she the thing about working in the corporate industry sometimes you just find yourself leaving you just find yourself go to work come back you get paid a nice wage you know you live a good life you go on holiday and that's just about it a little bit of sunday sunday brunch you know <laughs> dinner and that's just about it you know, I mean, I, my wife was in corporate industry and, and and all she talks about was our work in terms of that. But now we talk about, we talk about empire. We talk about, okay, can other people see what we're doing? Especially in the ethnic minority, you know, can we inspire more people together? Can you give, the other day a lady asked us, how do you guys, how have you guys been able to stay 17 years together? And I said, it's not been easy staying 17 years together in, in, today where you, Marriages don't last three years, but we've yeah, been together yeah, yeah. for 17 years. We're raising two amazing kids. My son is 17, uh, sorry, 15 years old. So for us, we do kind of, we come together and talk and I share the vision. Yeah, share the you know, this is the vision. This is what I want us to achieve this year. This is the kind of way I want us to leave. This is what, how, what time I want us to get up. You know, this is, you know, let's go for the, the big, the, the most part I'm struggling with at the minute is 
going to the gym together and going for that morning run together you know and and stuff like that but a lot of other things are coming in shape because the fact is I've, 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 I've basically provided a plan that takes us from where we are to where we want to be in 15 years from now so 15 years from now probably I'll be 58 years old so so I'll, yeah not probably I would be 55 uh, sorry, 50, 50 sorry yeah 53 years old so we've set that plan of where we want to be you know five years time 10 years time 15 years time you know what do we want to you know do in all of these things and every element that needs to be put together is being put together yeah i mean what couples needs to really have that simple common grounds and mission i think i mean whether you're working together or not i think it's helpful to have that the fact that you work together um i think it's uh, it makes in my mind it makes sense to kind of again through communication to be on the same page about everything um, and delegate it's like any partnership i guess yeah going back to to more of the property side of things so rent to rent um you you were doing a bunch of rent to rents do you yeah. still do rent to rent and because it's effectively property management right yeah personally at the moment i don't personally uh do rent to rents but once in a while some of my community members do bring in deals if it's in my area in my goldman area which is bromley i'll definitely take it on but other than that i'm just focusing on growing scaling my portfolio so acquisition acquisition yes yeah. so i'm doing acquisition i'm doing portfolio building uh for clients and as well as i am you know you know doing acquisition as well for clients as well so portfolio building acquisition for clients and my personal portfolio and obviously our education company has grown from strength to strength you know uh, as well and one of the biggest part of that i'm looking to even achieve on that as well is to you know within the next five years to grow into how can i have my own bridging company or yeah, things like that which we're going to come to in a minute the, the which which uh, i'm very interested to talk <laughs> about on, uh, online and offline um the the hmos and the rent to rents so it seems like the rent to rents are quite a um obvious uh, like evolution because you're effectively you're managing um you're managing uh, multi-let properties the only difference is that the, somebody else owns it yeah. and then you're, you're 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 taking the margin basically between all the rooms being divided and then you are um renting it out on a renting room by room out basis and giving it normally a guaranteed rent back to the, the owner so i mean you could do a, a letting agency which is pretty much the same but instead of taking 10 percent of the rent you take the margin between what you're giving the fixed rent which is usually a, a higher amount but you're taking on more risk as well more management um is that like did that strategy help you in terms of your understanding of how to manage the hmos when you finally bought them was that a good stepping stone did you find absolutely um the hmo literally um rent to rent hmo really opened up the door so because that's where my journey began from my journey began from rent to rent hmos then property sourcing and that's that's what gave me the foundation because I didn't have no money. I didn't have I didn't have money. I was an Uber driver, right? So and I didn't have nothing at all. So it gave me the opportunity to to learn what I've you know to implement what I've learned, all right, from all these courses and everything else. And as you as I transitioned, uh, you know, the things that wasn't taught in the course that I started to understand myself, which I got through supporting you know other landlords landlords networks, and as well as you know continue you know to develop myself and put them together. And running as a business as well, because a lot of people do get into rent to rent, don't understand it, that it's a business. 
yeah, yeah, as yeah. well that you're actually doing a management business okay so you it's your duty to provide xyz to your tenants and obviously make your landlord happy as well so yeah the renter gave me the foundation to make that transition into acquisitions and uh we st- i started acquisition in 2019 so three years now that i have been doing acquisitions and yeah excited and so and you and you mentioned your gold mine area is bromley which is um in southeast london yeah um was that purely because that's an area that you lived you knew it well you didn't want to go like traveling because but the reason why i ask as well now i know that you actually you're doing stuff up in the northeast which yeah. is where i you know yeah. i was uh, uh, um brought up so going from literally your backyard to to remote investing how did that journey start and where are you at with it are you enjoying it is it harder than you thought is it fun it's it's quite interesting right and i think many people are going to laugh at this and uh, haven't started you know my property in, in bromley in a very good way um i came up with this crazy plan to buy one property that lives in every city in england okay do you know how many cities are around England? <laughs> so, and when I was drawing out the map, I drew out the, I drew out the, I basically drew out the, um, I drew out the, um, what's it called now? The at least thirty major cities, okay, right? The, the top thirty. The, then, let's the, say. the top thirty, and I drew, I drew out the top thirty, and I, I got Newcastle, I got Liverpool, you know, I got, you know, Birmingham, I got, you know, <laughs> Bristol, Manchester, Leeds, Sheffield, Doncaster, Wakefield, Reading, you know, so yeah. I just kind of mapped and mapped and mapped. Really? I said, like, I'm going to go and own one property in every city. And the reason why I did that, I said, well, okay, I don't really travel abroad like that, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to go on a tour of all my Airbnb. So I just traveled to Newcastle and I know I've got a house there, you know, and yeah, it's, it's obviously it's got cash flow and as well as there's got to be capital appreciation and, and what such and And plus, it's a lower barrier to entry as well. So I said, I'll just go and build one. Now, that was number one. Then number two was, I have a community. We have got 3,000 people who are in my non-paid you know, community who who follow me every single day, actively in property. I've got over 100,000, approximately about 100,000 followers across my media, but I've got 3,000 people who are very inclined in property in my little community, and I talk to them every now and then. And the the the, the, the story was, some of them come to me, oh, I, I wanted to buy a house in London, but when I look at your spreadsheet and the numbers that you talk all the time, it seems impossible. So for me, I decided to be the guinea pig, <laughs> all right? So I'm going to buy a property in Newcastle, I'll do it and I'll share the numbers. I'll go and buy a property in Leeds. I'll do it. I'll show the numbers. So if it's worked for me there, works for you. It works for you. So at least I know it's not going to be more than 10 miles around where I've done something. Absolutely. Yeah. That so makes sense. I, I, and that's the best way to be a leader, right? That's the best way to lead. So for me, I really want to help the ethnic minority around me that thought property investment is impossible because I came from that point of lack. I came from that point, like I said, I never had. You know, a white friend, an Asian friend. I never had someone who. I, I lived in this very dark part of m- my life here in this country, where the only people I knew was just African people from my little community, first generation immigrants. We live in a different kind of world here. We, you know, how I live now is almost like impossible. That's the way we, we look at it, you know. And when we see someone that lives like, it's like, wow. So it's a black man living like this, and that's where I've come from. So for me. Like I said, it's a very funny way why I've gone to the North. I've gone to the North because 
I know some aunties and uncles that's got 30,000 pounds in their bank account and having that mentality of never coming out of a council flat. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say to them, oh, your take cake can get you something in Durham County, for example, where you're from. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. You know, or some. And the, the fact is, just hold on to that 30,000 pounds. If you can buy refurbished finance it, right and pull most of your money out regardless of whether the property is giving you 100 pound 200 pound a month doesn't matter at least you know you own a you own an asset in england which is a big deal for you know ethnic minorities yeah yeah so for me that's just what i wanted to that's, that's the, the motivation that's the motivation around me you know saying you know what probably yeah probably that's mine but let me go outside it's not about the profit now let's just happen yeah yeah i mean I, like not many people like going north of Watford, so the fact that you've gone all the way to the northeast, which which is I'm from Durham City, um, is, is is impressive. Have you managed to pick up anything there yet? We picked up about eight deals, and we closed. Up, we were just completed on five last two last two weeks. Amazing. And what are these? Are these that going to be the exact model? You're gonna uh, you bought them, refurbished them, refinanced. Yep. Try and see if you can pull out as much as, as you can. The one beautiful thing. There's many beautiful things about the northeast, but the one beautiful thing when it comes to property. Um, in my opinion, is the is the phenomenal yield that you get. Yeah. Um, the property values are generally relatively low, uh, and the rents are decent. reasonably yeah they're decent. You get some good yields, um, and especially in the environment that we find ourselves in with a higher interest rate, higher interest coverage ratio, stress testing. Yeah. Um, it's really hard to get those seventy five percent LTV loans. Mm -hmm. um, but in the northeast, I think that there's going to be a bigger swarm of capital especially from the southeast where people are not getting the yields not getting the the the, the, the leverage that they want and they're looking for the next best place and they're going up to the northeast to find much better value so i think that there's going to be um, maybe a, a better yield compression because of the amount of value that's uh, the amount of demand that's going that way um and certainly your i mean you've just bought eight units which you know that's the like you get you know, 10 people doing that, 100 people <laughs> doing that from London. That's a lot of uh, investment up in the Northeast. Yeah. Um, why the Northeast, not the Northwest or Wales? Because I always think of these kind of um, markets fairly similar in terms of price point. Why did you choose? Well, the reason why I chose that, I've never been to that part. You know, Newcastle has been, seems very far. Though when I first came to this country, at some point I did live in Leeds. So, uh, and when I started to look at statistics, I obviously have to follow the statistics, not just the fact that I'm quite, I, I mean, I'm, I, I chose to come from a personal point, you know, so that, you know, I enjoy everything that I do. Because if you don't enjoy what you do, then don't do it. Does that make sense? You've got yeah. to enjoy it. Then it doesn't feel like work. Absolutely. Uh, so first of all, you know, at the time where I was looking into, you know, acquiring properties in Opnov, first of all, if you know, the Arab, the Arab investment came to Newcastle. Newcastle United Football Club. Yes. So Newcastle United has been bought by, you know, some some Arab billionaires. But the richest club in the world. So Newcastle United is my football yeah. team, so I'm like so, super like happy about all that. Yeah. And when that happened, and there's been a lot of, you know, redevelopment, regeneration going up in Newcastle. As you're aware, the same v version of the old two is being built in Gated. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 yeah. So and there's a lot of development coming out there as well. Regeneration. And as well as the largest, biggest battery factory is coming to Blythe. Right, I as well. So, and all these different things coming through. When I started to dig deep, dig deep, and look at it, I'm like, okay, you know, so we've done a few deals in Bedlington and Blythe. We bought four properties in Bedlington and we bought four properties in, uh, in, in, in Blythe. 
And when I looked at it, well, it's only 80, 70 quid. <laughs> 80, 70,000 pounds. I was going to say 80, 70 quid. <laughs> so it's almost eight, that money in uh, in London money, yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so when I looked at everything, refurbishment, light refurb, 20K max, 25K refurb, revalue, 125, 135, 40. It makes sense. So I'm like, okay, let's do a couple of deals there. Um, two weeks ago, I, you know, currently picked up two deals as well in, um, in um, Bristol. In Bristol? Yes. Oh, that's... That's going out Wales way, Somerset. Yeah, so Somerset, Swindon, those areas yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Colin got two deals we picked up now, just waiting for, you know, valuation to go through as well. So there's a lot of excitement happening around now. So we're just, so like I said, one step at a time, isn't it? So we're, we're going to finish Blythe, uh, Bedlington. We're going to start, you know, uh, in, in, in Bristol and just gradually moving around. It's, it's, um, it's a challenging because... I've gone the opposite way, so I, I invest remotely as well. So I do um, southeast, but that's kind of where I'm from. But I'll go maybe an hour into Kent, two hours, but then the West Midlands and the Northeast. And now I live on the South Coast, just under a year ago. And with a kid, I, I just find it really hard to, to do the travelling. Um, but it seems like you're going the other opposite way, getting build teams in place and everything. Yeah. Do you do you have local people there, or is it you literally personally travelling? We have a, so the way it's been structured, we have a, a local team, you know, that we, we built now there, um, as well as um, I, I'm a coach, I train people, you know, so some of our community members now from London kind of also feel like, oh, wow, it's like two, three weeks break from, from London, you know, all the, all the headaches and everything, you know, West Coast. Site visit. You know, it's just, like I said, it's, it's it's amazing to to just be able to get away, have that team there, see them, f- be with them for like a week or two, site visit, less traffic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went down the other day and I actually spent about a week. You know, spent about a week, stayed in a really nice hotel. You know, for me, obviously, my London, whatever I've got going on in London, pays for it. Honestly, like if I was to move to Newcastle, I'll live like a king. Yeah, <laughs> the, because the price down there just absolutely. I've looked at them many times before, like four bedroom detached houses compared to what we uh, what we get here. I used to live in just the uh, the Olympic Village, which is just on our doorstep where we are sitting right now, and the rents and, and the prices compared to, I mean, what you can get a three bedroom flat here for, you get literally like a six bedroom detached little mini mansion up in the northeast. Um, it is it is it is amazing. So I mean, you've got you've got people you've got all that kind of logistics. It'd be really interesting to follow up and find out how those projects go over the next yeah, twelve to four months. Um, one of the final topics that I wanted to touch upon as well is the property education um, because that's something that you are big on and it totally makes sense because that's something that's helped you and and likewise you're kind of passing that on um, to, to other people. And I am a true believer in in the beauty and the powers of you know wealth through property right it's something that i've seen um throughout my life um in in so many different ways um however the property education industry gets a little bit of a bad rap not a little bit quite a big yeah yeah quite a bad rap so anybody that's putting themselves out there in front of other people um and uh, making claims about this that and the other they find it, um, it, they become an easy target for a lot of people to say, ah, um, fake guru and this, that and the other and all that sort of stuff. 
from your point of view, you've helped a lot of people already. You've got testimonials, your community's growing. How, what do you do to make sure that you don't fall into the traps that other trainers have fallen into to not, not have those accusations thrown at you? What sort of thought processes do you go through? And what sort of, do you, do you have any measures that, to make sure that you, you, you don't attract that kind of attention? Very, very good question, Sam. Um, I think the reason why I, I say this is quite a very good question is, I think, uh, first of all, it's a very interesting industry that so far so good. I haven't, over the last five years, especially our company just became five years old last year, November, one of them. And um, I've not had any negative whether from investor or whether from our student or any community member or any negativity. Uh, number one, I do things from my heart. That's number one thing. Number one, I do things from my heart. And number two is I over deliver and I under promise. So I could tell you, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for you. Three things I'm going to do for you, but I'm going to end up doing six things for you. I think that's one of our biggest secret. The biggest secret, I promise to do three things for you and I'll do six for you. And number two is property investing is not get rich quick like so many other people will promise. And I think that people, again, sometimes I think it's not even the gurus that are the problems, the listeners that are the problems. And ask me why. How can somebody tell you you're going to become rich tomorrow by investing in property today and you believe that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So if I was so, to, if I was to play and, and, and just Go. very quickly one more, and somebody somebody says, "Oh, um, do you want to quit your job today? You know, and you're gonna get rich tomorrow, become financially free in property tomorrow, and you actually listen to that, and then you wasn't told that you needed to work hard. You know, everyone, you know, everything was just." showing you the dream the the lustry car the 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 rolexes the nice restaurant the flying of the business class and all of that and they told you you can have it today no you can't you're not gonna have it today six years i've been in this game in as much as i'm enjoying and having the best year of my life it's come with blood sweat and tears hard work and i sell that I don't sell you, you're going to get rich overnight. But I sell you, you're going to get rich for sure. But give it five years. So I think that's what's working for me. And again, I don't manipulate testimonials like others. I've seen some of, you know, two of my ex-students, I've gone to some other providers out there to start saying they're making 50,000 pounds. Like, you didn't make 50,000 pounds when you was me. You're bloody fucking, sorry. <laughs> It's all right. They're not going out on ITV or anything. You're, you're bloody lying. <laughs> I've seen another one say, oh, he's not a millionaire. I was like, you're bloody lying. I've seen things. I've seen some of our, my students that's, that's left me and gone to them. I'm not upset that they left or anything like that. But the fact is that this thing takes time. It just bloody takes time. And because it takes time, you can't... <laughs> It's knowledge first. It's, it's, you have to have knowledge. You have to set a five-year goal for yourself. Then you've got to take endless, consistent action. So as long as you understand those things, then it's going to work for you. So that's what I sell. I sell that. It's going to take you time. And people, the fact is that people don't like 
time. I've just talked about delay gratification, delay everything and enjoy later. People don't talk about that stuff. So, and that's the reason why I'm different. Totally agree. You know, I think, I think that's an important message that needs to come across from authentic, genuine people that are literally tr sincerely trying to help people. Um, I think that the get rich quick scheme, whether you're doing Forex, whether you're doing crypto, whether you're doing uh, property or anything else, um, it is, you can get from A to B, you can get from zero to a hundred, but they don't necessarily, and they show you like the, the, the Bentley and the, and the first class and the, and, the, and the holiday view and Santorini and all that. But they don't necessarily show the middle bit, which is the blood, sweat and tears. They don't show the journey on the way there. And, and what ends up happening, and I do understand this, um, the, the vulnerability of certain people, right? So you've got somebody that's just come out of uni or whatever, they've like spent all their money on credit cards because the bank was giving them loads of overdrafts and everything. They got five, 10 grand of debt and they're like 2022 or whatever, or something like that. They might've got their girlfriend pregnant and they're like, oh my God, I'm in deep and I've got one credit card left. I'm gonna go to this get rich quick scheme or you know this promise that I'm gonna make loads of money. And then they put you on a credit card and this, that and the other. And then they don't necessarily get there because they've been sold a pup. And I think, those are the horror stories that we hear about. And for me, I am a true believer in education, uh, I, especially uh, financial literacy and education in that way. Property investment is one of the best vehicles in the world, especially UK property yep. investment. I'm like big advocate of this stuff. Um, so my, my one of my personal things is that I would like to be a champion of authentic good trainers out there in the marketplace that can really genuinely help people do more of what I've been doing. Um, I've been kind of part of your uh, part You've of your, been part of it. Yeah, and, and I hope to be uh, you know part of the long long term success. So it's important for me to associate myself with good people, um, uh, and I think that if you, if if there is a trainer out there and you're hanging out with other trainers in the same room, you know the ones that are maybe cutting those corners and just taking a quick buck, you know, calling them out a little bit. And hopefully the, the, the industry kind of almost self-cleanses itself to, to, to make sure that vulnerable people, I think that's the most important thing. And I do, I do agree with you. Like I think market forces, people need to take accountability for themselves. If you're, if you're gonna fall for that trap and you're gonna get conned into believing that you're gonna make money overnight, you kind of deserve it. But at the same time, as a society, we've got to be responsible for one another. Um, well, I and think the society has gone a bit left instead of gone right. Because let's face it, people love to blame people. I think the society needs to start taking responsibility of the actions they take. You see, I've taken I've taken actions in my life that's led me into something else, and I took responsibility. Yes, that was my fault, and until today, I accept when I am at fault. You know, the, when I do, I run masterclasses that are completely free. We don't give you a link to pay. We go through. You've come. You've listened. You want to do properties, right? We have to speak to you for at least another 15 minutes to check whether you're the right fear, whether you, you're you vulnerable or not. We just kind of want to get to know you and we're going to tell you on that call, all right? Yes, you're going to get the result, but it's not tomorrow. So you, we prepare your mind, it's going to take you time. I've raised a lot of money through, through my network. It didn't come overnight, right? I have a brand behind me, I have a name behind me. If I wasn't credible enough, you've not seen me part of my journey. There's level of conversation I've had on this podcast I've never ever had. In fact, other podcasts, people ask me this topic, I just kind of shy away from it. But 
this is one of the realest podcasts out there and and and, and it's called property people and you know we've got to be real with Absolutely. this thing so for me i just believe that people just gotta don't allow don't use your naivety as a you know as a victimization of as yourself a defense, yeah. as a defense oh i was vulnerable no you're not vulnerable somebody said to you you're going to become a property millionaire in six weeks and you believed it there was work what do you to, expect to happen what do you expect to happen <laughs> It's the truth, and and people have to. It is the brutal truth. It is the brutal, and this is, and I've chosen to be that. That's why I said I'm not going to politically correct anymore. Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah, be yeah. brutal about the truth, and the truth is, you're not going to be. People, people look at me on social media with all this, all the things I've achieved so far, and they say, "Oh, how did you do it?" I'm like, I graft my ass out. You know what? Honestly, there's one particular trainer. I'm not sure I should mention it, but I, I, I have massive respect for this guy. He's like. If out of all the trainers, um, I've actually I've never really done that much training. Well, I've not done it. I've done his training though, and it was brilliant. Um, and one of the reasons why I liked him so much is because he kept on saying how hard it is, and 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 the, when he was going into the amount of detail, you could just see. And the guy's like an older guy, he's got so much experience, and you could just see that it is it is hard. And he teaches land planning and uh, and development, mm. and he knows this stuff inside out. But one of the reasons why everybody loves him so much and the reason why he standard stood the test of time is because he's basically saying constantly, he's like the anti-guru almost. He's like, look, you, this is really hard. You know, you're probably going to lose money and until you've lost, done a few deals and maybe broken even. And think, then you'll start making the money and you can, these are the deals that I'm doing and I'm making six figure sums. So one of them, this one's going to take five, six, seven years. It's going to make, you know, seven figures uh, and you can follow the whole journey and it's all legit, but it's, hard it's hard work and unless you're really passionate about it you're probably not going to make it now at the same time somebody might you know some people like to um you know go to pottery class and they might just go for three months and they'll then they're not going to become master pottery people and they just want to put a bit of money down and do the class for a little bit and then try (laughs) something else so if you want to do the training on that that side of things and learn a little bit about property for whatever that's great i think um and and i think I think those sorts of people get missed out as well because a lot of people say, oh, people take training courses and then they don't make money off it and only the 20% make money. I think it's overthought and I do agree with your position, which is that people need to take responsibility for the decisions yeah. they make as well. As long as you're coming from an authentic place, you're genuinely trying to help people and people are learning off the back of it, there's always going to be people that want to complain, people want to uh, blame other people for, for their own failures. Um, I think all of that totally makes sense to me. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like you go to school to study medicine doesn't qualify you to literally go and practice medicine. You've got to go a bit more into, isn't exactly. it? You go, you go to law, you go to school to, to to read law doesn't make you a practicing solicitor because you got to go to law school. And that's you know even when you're in law school it doesn't still guarantee you, you know that you're going to be a successful lawyer. You're going to spend loads of money on education and people don't actually like do that in the end. Historians or I don't know, anthropologists, they go and study and get the degree, but they don't necessarily um, do that as a profession. So you can go to a property training course and you can learn about property. It doesn't mean you become a property investor necessarily. Absolutely. So I do agree with all of that. And I think that, that all makes sense. And I think if you're a genuine person coming from a good place, I don't think it's anything to worry about. Um, and I do think talking up about the difficulties and the hurdles and the challenges and then holding people to account saying like, you know, 
it was absolutely clear, don't come after me if it didn't work out. I did tell you you had to go and do 600 deal appraisals. I did tell you you'd have to travel the country. I did say, tell you you have to do 18 hour shifts, put in the hard, <laughs> you know, hard work. You and then grab. eventually, 17 years later. <laughs> you know, there's something I learned. It says, do what's hard now. Yeah, exactly. Do what's hard now and your life will be easy later. Do what's easy now, your, hard, your life will be hard later. I, I always, yeah, I used to say something which is um, you can take today off, but you've got to go to work tomorrow or you can go to work today and take tomorrow off. So it's up to you. What do you want to do today? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, just to wrap up, I, one of the things, that, there's many things that I find um, endearing about you. And one of those is that I genuinely feel like I resonate with your passion for property. It's, it's kind of like up there with my with my kind of appreciation uh, for everything that property has done for me. You are a property person. For other people that are wanting to get into the property or wanting to grow into, you know, what would you say is an important trait that somebody has to have to become a property person? I think, like I said before, it all begins from your head to your heart and to your mind and backwards from your mind to your heart to your head. You have to first flow through this process and system of understanding that it's 90% mindset. Whatever you want to become in life, especially property, you've got to have the mindset for it. You've got to be prepared to know you're going to cry, you're going to have damn valuations, and the, the you know, the lender is going to ask you to bring your, your blood. <laughs> okay, they're going to ask you for your blood. And it's okay. It's the process of the application process. You know, lender is going to ask you, why did you, you know, why did you spend X, Y, Z? Your, 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 your financial spending, you're, you're not responsible. It's okay. Okay, how do we fix this? So it's always going to be, okay, how do I fix it? How do I fix it? So it's, it's 90% mindset. Your mindset got to be prepared for it. You know, mindset kept us together as friends over the last six years. I've known you and you've known me. You literally, when you first met me, I wasn't acquiring assets. I was still doing rent to rent. You know, and, and over the years, I've grown and I've grown and I've grown. And because of how much you've seen me grown, it's not just the property side, but it's who I've, I'm also becoming. So if you're not growing, you're dying. So it all begins from your mind. It's all well and good. We all want to be wealthy. We all want to be financially well, you know, ahead. We want to have abundance. We want to create wealth. But it's your mind. It begins from your mind. So I think it's quite important whether you are at the beginning stage of your property investment journey or you are at the growth state of your investment journey or your butter scale, whatever the case might be. It's all about your mindset. Fix up your mindset. Fix up your mindset. Understand property investment is not just investment it's entrepreneurship you are a ceo of your business and it's a business and business you have good days you have bad days there's profits there's losses very well said daniel if one, somebody wanted to reach out to you be part of your community come to one of your events um, i've talked to one of your events you've got a great great crowd um with a great energy uh, all enthusiastic smart people um how should they find you? What's the best way to reach you? The easiest way to reach me is um, head to our website is www.propertywe.co.uk. So www.propertywe.co.uk. So you've got all my social media handles there. 
you've got everything that you need to know about me on that website or better still reach out you know to me on my instagram handle uh, which is one of the most popular one uh is at dr dr dot daniel moses thank you so much for joining us we'll make sure all the links are in the show notes have a great day and we'll catch up with you see how all of these projects are going and see how you're growing thank you so much for having me